the scripture this morning is um, Matthew 19, verses 16 to 30. Uh, the rich young man. Now a man came up to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones, the man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not, do not give false witness. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging 12 tribes of Israel, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. This is the word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, we gather here today seeking to best and serve you and love you. And so as we gather around your word, may you speak to our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Back in high school, I was selected to go to a leadership camp. I was nominated by someone in the school. I have no idea. Best I can guess, it was probably a teacher. I had no idea what it was about or anything. But it was a free camp, so I went. And when I got there and we all got dropped off and the parents all went home, I remember, what I remember first about that, that first night in the residence was the silence. We were all gathered in one room, but we knew nobody. We were all strangers from across the province. And you could hear a pin drop in that room, despite the fact there's probably about 40 of us or 50. It was so quiet. I suspect that if you had given us the opportunity to go home with our friends and clean out sewers, we would have jumped at the opportunity. We had no idea what was going to happen. We were away from home. But as you also might expect, the silence did not last very long. By the next day, we were quite rowdy, as teenagers would be. And by the end of the ten days, there may have even been some tears as we departed from our new friends, more aware of who we are as leaders within a community. One of the amazing things about the camp was how they made us discover the, our gifts of leadership within ourselves. And, and they, they didn't teach us anything. They just gave us opportunities to lead and figure out how to do it. Now, for some, yeah, it took maybe a little longer in the week for them to discover, but by the end of the 10 days, most, if not all of us, had discovered new skills of leadership within ourselves with the help of our facilitators and with the help of one another supporting each other on the way as a team. Now, leadership is a key function in our society, right? And there's good leadership, and there's poor leadership, and you could even say we've seen good, you know, plenty of examples of both through the pandemic. And we've even seen good leadership and poor leadership from the same person at different times, which is bound to happen, right? Being a leader means you're someone who is willing to take on a certain amount of risk, or it may mean you, you're wrong at times. You're willing to be wrong at times. Or it may mean you need to be willing to make those difficult decisions that won't please everyone. But you know it's the right thing to do. Or there will be times when you simply mess up. And what you do is, a good leader, you accept the blame, you apologize, you learn, and you move on. Not everyone is cut out to be a leader. It takes thick skin. It needs to be able to, it means you're, it takes the ability to handle conflict. It takes a strong resolve to do what you believe to be the absolute right thing to do, even if you don't have all the information at the moment. It means you need to be able to inspire and motivate people to join your cause and follow in your way. 
And there are many times when this is done easily, but other times it is a challenge. Sometimes you see that great leader rise to the challenge in the heat and the pressure of the moment. They stand out as a leader. And then sometimes you see that same type of person crumble under the pressure of the moment. There are many styles of leadership for many different types of situations. Now, when you think of who might be a good leader, who do you picture? Who comes to mind? Do you picture a politician? Do you picture someone in your life like a teacher? Do you picture an entertainer, a friend, someone in your family, someone in your community? Who comes to your mind when you think of someone as a good leader? Being a leader is a tough job. And I've been listening to a couple of podcasts over the last few weeks about the leadership of two particular organizations, two organizations that have found their demise. They have failed. One is a, was a major church on the West Coast in Seattle that had an influence across North America. The other is a well-known Canadian charity that's been in the news the last couple of years. That is not quite failed, but probably pretty close. And the more that I learn about the leadership of these organizations and how they've come to this point in their existence, I can see some similar threads. I can see how the leadership of both organizations got caught up in the sin of pride and ego. I can see how the leaderships in both of these organizations uh, sought to silence those who were asking difficult questions about where the organization was heading and how it was run. Questions that challenged the leadership style of the, of, the, of the ones at the top. Both, were, both these organizations were caught up in maintaining the, the image of the leader that made sure it was held intact. Both resisted any kind of authority or accountability that would have kept the leadership in check and maybe driven the organizations in a better direction. And as I listen to these podcasts and I hear about the struggles, we see that one of the challenges of leadership is that we become too comfortable with the power that is handed to us in these moments. The power it offers, and then we spend working to silence those who challenge the power and authority that is held by the leaders. We see it happen again and again. We see it in media we see it happen in politicians, we see it happen in entertainment and sports, and we most certainly see it happen in the corporate world many times. The leaders begin to see themselves as, as above the others, or even above the law at times. They feel like there's nothing they cannot do because they feel like they're untouchable. This is what can happen when we submit ourselves to the way of the world, which teaches us to accumulate and gather as many resources as we can, even if it impacts others negatively. Anyone remember the big toilet paper rush? Like just last year? I want to paint for you a picture, if I may, a picture of a different style of leadership. A leadership that has the following characteristics, to, to name a few. Humble, honest, generous, Loving, selfless, 
and a servant. So that person you pictured earlier, but what you saw as a good leader, how does that person stand up to these characteristics? I'm going to suggest or guess that maybe they stand up to some of them, but not all. When we think of a leader, those aren't generally the characteristics we're looking for. We tend to think of people who are strong, independent, motivational, powerful, those kinds of things. But when we look at our Bible, we see there are different characteristics of good leadership within Scripture. Those who are seen as some of the most faithful leaders are the ones who are humble, honest, generous, loving, selfless, and a servant. And if we turn to Galatians chapter 5, we see that there are characteristics that they call, Paul calls fruits of the Spirit, things we can look for from uh, people who say they're following Jesus. And those are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul says those are not things we're going to achieve. Those are not goals of life. Those are the expectations of people who follow Jesus, of how they will live now in the moment. But back to what a leader looks like. What are those characteristics good leaders possess? And when we look at those that are humble, honest, generous, loving, selfless, and a servant, there's no one in this world that can match up against those except for one. And that is, of course, Jesus. In our reading from Matthew 19, Jesus is approached by a young man who asked Jesus a really important question. Teacher, what good thing must I do to gain eternal life? That's a really important question. And Jesus gives him the standard answer that you would expect from any religious teacher of the day. And it's just simply follow the commandments. And the young man replies, I have. But what am I missing? This is a telling question. The young man has sought to follow the rules all his life and has done so to the best of his ability. But he knows he's missing something. Following the rules is not enough. He knows there's so much more he should be experiencing in his relationship with God. But he can't quite identify what it is. He's just struggling to figure out what is it that I'm missing? And so Jesus answers him, if you want to be perfect, go sell your positions, possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come then, follow me. So rules really aren't the ultimate answer here. They're not the true thing that's going to get us into a relationship with God. What ultimately matters, I think Jesus is telling us, is what's in our heart. In this conversation with the young man, Jesus saw into his heart and he knew what was keeping this young man from embracing all God has to offer him. The young man relied on his stuff, his belongings, and his ability to acquire, acquire them. 
So Jesus gives him the, the difficult answer to his question. If you want to be free to live as God wants you to live, if you want to have a deep personal relationship with him, then you've got to make God your focus. You need to rely on God and not yourself or your belongings. When it becomes clear that a political leader in our world is seeking to step down or coming to the end of their career, especially if that person is a prime minister or a premier or something like that, what generally happens? Things start to get ugly. Because there's this moment where people start to aspire to be the next great leader of the party. And then they often begin to cause problems, begin to challenge the authority of the leader, the, the policies, the plans they have in place. They start to put forward their own plans, their own policies. They push new ideas. And they can cause a lot of problems for the leadership of a political party in this, when this comes about. We've seen this a number of times in the last couple of decades in Canada alone. I can think of at least five or six examples. And I think we can agree that this is not healthy leadership. This is more like old-fashioned old playground bullying and posturing, people fighting to get to the top of the mountain. And this is not the kind of leadership Jesus is calling for. Jesus is inviting us to live differently, to lead differently. When we think back to Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus approaches Peter and Andrew, they're, they're on the shoreline working their nets, they're fishermen, part of the family trade, and Jesus walks up to them and he says what? Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. The invitation is there. If you want to make a difference in the lives of people, follow Jesus. Yet there's most definitely a cost to following Jesus, following his leadership. And when we think of Peter and Andrew, it may cost you everything you have. When we think of the young man, it may cost him everything he's accumulated in his life. And you might even consider what it would take for you to follow Jesus with all your heart in order to be in relationship with God through Jesus and to make the world a better place. Last week we talked about getting to know Jesus more and making the commitment to making him part of your life, the priority of your life and the value of doing so. This week the focus is more on how do we follow Jesus? How do we let him lead us now, the invitation is always there for Jesus to lead us. Jesus daily, moment by moment, is inviting us to follow him. But as with any major life decision, and to follow Jesus is indeed a major life decision, there are choices we need to make. Choices as to where our priorities lie. Where is our true devotion? The young man walked away sad, we're told. Because he had a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that he spent his life collecting. And I, and I believe that one of the questions in his head when he walked away is like, how can I give it all away? How can I let it go? 
But following Jesus is not just about what we're giving up. It's more about what we're receiving. The young man was wondering what it would take for him to gain eternal life. And Jesus gave him exactly what he needed to do. And after the young man hung his head and he walked away, Jesus said this, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, some people say that was a metaphor, but we're not led to believe that when you look at the scripture. Jesus is actually talking about a camel going through the eye of a needle. Follow me. Those are the words my mind keeps going back to. Follow me. Words we really need to be considering as we come slowly out of this pandemic. Follow me. What do those words mean to us today? Where is Jesus leading us as we come out of one of the greatest challenges the world has seen in roughly the last century? What is he asking us to do? The world has changed so much over the last two years. World leaders, politicians, CEOs, bankers, these are the ones we usually look to when we're coming out of somewhat of a crisis, when we face these kinds of challenges. But even they don't know what to do next. All they know is that they're fighting for their own survival, their own lives, and, and their own institutions. So in light of this, I'm, I'm inviting us to consider a different strategy. If the people we generally look to don't know what they're doing, if they are struggling, if they're lost and don't know where to go, then I would invite us to follow the one who knows the way, the one who is the way, the one who sees the bigger picture. Follow the one who cares about you, the one who loves you, and not about, it doesn't care about profits or power. May we, for the sake of all we know, for all we see, for everyone we know, we love, may we follow the one God has sent among us to show us the way to eternal life. May we respond to the call of Jesus as he lovingly says to us, follow me. And when we hear those words, maybe we, may we be willing to drop all he asks us to drop and trust in his leadership. May we receive his love and may we learn together what it means to be in relationship with our Father in heaven through Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. May we hear those words, follow me, and be one with God in that moment, letting Jesus lead us through all of it, through all, of our, through all we know and through the future he has in store for us. Let us pray. Lord, those words echo within us. The words of follow me. Two such simple words. 
yet words that bring life. Words that bring about the change that you would have in store for this world. And so, Lord, as we hear those words spoken for us, follow me. May we turn and follow the one who brings life. May we follow Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.